reaching Israel and the world. Baruch Hashem, beloved ones, bless the name of the Lord. Another very important episode today on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia, we're wrapping up the series on Father's Fall Holy Days as we celebrate today the last of his Fall Holy Days, the Feast of Tabernacles, or we say in Hebrew, the Feast of Sukkot, which represents the booths that the children of Israel built when they lived in the wilderness for 40 years. I love it. I love it because it's a feast whereas Yom Kippur was very solemn, you know, thinking about our, our sins and how we need that Savior yes. to cover the sins. And then we come into Tabernacles where it's a feast of joy, of celebration, of the ingathering, of all the blessings of God, the, the feast of all the, the, the fruits that He's brought us. And, and most of all, His tabernacling with us. Come Yeshua into the program today and tabernacle with us, live with us forever. We're continuing today in this special series on the Lord's appointed fall holy days. If you haven't been able to see the previous broadcast, I really encourage you to go watch them. This is now the fourth and final episode in this series. We began by looking at Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets. It announces when that shofar blows on Rosh Hashanah, it announces that we need to wake up. We need to wake up that we're going to be judged. You see, Rosh Hashanah prepares us for the next of the fall holy days called Yom Kippur. And in Jewish tradition, it's on Yom Kippur that the Lord makes a decision about every individual concerning what's going to happen in their life for the next year based upon where they're at in their walk with Him. So when that shofar blows on Rosh Hashanah, also known as Yom Truah, the Feast of Trumpets, which takes place on the first of the seventh month in the Hebrew calendar, known as Tishrei, when that trumpet blows on the first of the month of Tishrei, Jewish people all over the world recognize that in 10 days Yom Kippur will arrive and they go through a season of deep repentance to prepare themselves for Yom Kippur so that when the Lord makes a judgment concerning their life on Yom Kippur it will be favorable. Now of course as believers in Yeshua we know that our Fate is already sealed through the blood of Messiah Jesus, but yet we do need to wake up and recognize that Jesus is coming back and He's going to give to every man according to what He's done. So this is a time of year for us as believers in Yeshua. When we hear that trumpet blow, even if you don't hear a physical shofar, just to understand that you're in the season of this appointed day of the Lord, when you hear, even in your heart, the fact that the shofar is going to blow from heaven again when Jesus returns in the book of Thessalonians, and you want to be ready because He's going to reward each man according to what He's done, you want to kind of take a stack a stock of your life and examine yourself and see if there's anything you need to deal with. Are there any areas that you need to correct your behavior or correct your attitude? Are you cynical? Uh, do you criticize? Uh, do you have an angry spirit? It could be so many things. But this season of the year, beloved, is a season of teshuvah, 
or repentance. We want to take a look at ourselves because the scripture says that if we'll examine ourselves, we won't have to be disciplined by the Lord. And so once again, the shofar blows on Rosh Hashanah. It announces that Yom Kippur is coming. We need to examine ourselves. And then we looked at Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, last week. And we talked about how all the animal sacrifices, the blood of those animals that were sacrificed in the Hebrew Scriptures was a shadow, the blood was a shadow of these animals for Messiah Yeshua, who died on the cross once and for all. And because He is the embodiment of perfection, that He is God Himself clothed in humanity, God's Spirit clothed in human form. When He offered His blood on the cross, when they took that spear and thrust it in His side and the blood ran out, the blood that came from Yeshua's side, beloved, is unlimitedly perfect. His blood covers your sin for all time, past, present, and future. This is why the book of Hebrews tells us there is no longer a need for animal sacrifices. We never have to have the blood of an animal sacrificed for us again. We talked about Yom Kippur last week. Today I want to move forward into the final of the fall holy days in Leviticus 23. We're going to look at the Feast of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. Now let me put these three feasts in connection because we need to look at them as a family. Once again, we blow the shofar on Yom Truah or Rosh Hashanah. It tells us to wake up and prepare ourselves. Judgment is coming. And then we come to Yom Kippur. And on Yom Kippur, we have a very serious time. I mean, Yom Kippur, when I went to synagogue every year growing up in the services, it was so, I mean, it was the attitude was hush, silence, serious. Yom Kippur recognizes that man has a problem with sin. And we need to humbly approach our Creator. But on Yom Kippur, we also recognize that because of God's loving kindness and mercy, He's provided a remedy for our sin, the blood. Of course, the blood of the innocent animals, once again in the Hebrew Scriptures, was simply a shadow of Jesus' perfect blood. And so now after we realize on Yom Kippur that our sin has been forgiven because of the blood sacrifice, we can approach this next and final pre, uh, feast, Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, with thanksgiving. Let me repeat it again just to put it very succinctly and uh, simply. Rosh Hashanah, the trumpet blows, we recognize we need to repent. We come to the synagogue on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, of course, now I'm talking about my life growing up in the Jewish world. We came to the synagogue on Yom Kippur very serious because we realize that we have an issue with sin and we need forgiveness. So we come to the synagogue with a contrite heart and a contrite spirit. Following Yom Kippur now, we can begin to look forward to Tabernacles, the Feast of Rejoicing, because we've been through the process of repentance. We know now on Yom Kippur our sins are forgiven. Again, Yom Kippur fulfilled ultimately in Jesus. And now that we know, beloved ones, that our sins are forgiven through the blood of Messiah Yeshua, we rejoice on the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is the Feast of Thanksgiving and Rejoicing. In Hebrew, once again, we call it Sukkot. Let me read about it for you in the book of Leviticus, chapter number 23, beginning there in verse number 39. 
Leviticus are called in Hebrew, Vayikra 23, beginning in verse 39. On exactly the 15th day of the seventh month, it's interesting that once again, seven is a very holy number. And during this seventh month on the Hebrew calendar, there are three sacred holy days that we're focusing on now. So both of these numbers are holy. Seven, of course, is holy and three is holy. We find, for example, in the book of Revelation, there are seven spirits before the throne of the Lord, seven days in a week. Seven represents completeness. And we know the number three is holy, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the temple, there was the outer court, there was a holy uh, place, and then there was the holy of holies. Three very sacred number, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So it's interesting that this Feast Tabernacles takes place in the seventh month, seven is a holy number, and that within this, uh, this uh, holy calendar, there are three special days in this seventh month. You know, Jesus said to those that he sent out, he said, I've given you authority over spirits of evil. And we're, we're seeing this everywhere we go. Bring this lady up here for a second. Let's bring her up here. In Jesus' name, Satan, I command you to open your eyes and look at me. Look at me. Satan, you're a liar. I command every demon to leave. I command every demon to flee. In Jesus' name. Open your eyes, honey. In Jesus' name. I love you, sweetheart. Amen. It's not like Rabbi was preaching anything about the demons or, or Satan. He just starts ministering. Sometimes he'll just sing in the spirit and that will prompt the demons to manifest. I think it's the power of the presence of God that comes down from heaven is what I see. It really descends and that's why we see these demonic manifestations. They cannot stay and so that's why they start coming up and they need to flee and they do flee. The love of Jesus is so strong. His beauty is so powerful. His peace is so big and wide that as soon as these demons come into the anointing of Jesus, they just leave. It's just that simple. It's a confrontation between the spirit of darkness and the spirit of Jesus, and there's no contest. As soon as they face the peace of God, they're gone. Is the Lord leading you to help Rabbi Schneider around the world? From teaching pastors and evangelism to large crowds in Africa, South America, the Caribbean and more, to preaching and ministering to God's chosen people in Israel, and a dynamic television ministry, discovering the Jewish Jesus is reaching the world for Christ. With your support, you'll help send Rabbi to deliver the truth of God's word to people who may never hear unless you send him. Visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835 to confirm your part in helping Rabbi build up believers in their faith and change lives all over the world. Now, it's interesting, once again, to, as we get ready to read, that Jesus, listen now, Jesus both celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles and he fulfilled the Feast of Tabernacles. Finally, let me say before I read the text that all of God's people during the millennial reign, we read in the book of Zechariah, 
will celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. In fact, the Feast of Tabernacles is the only feast mentioned in the Hebrew Scriptures that will take place during the millennial reign, during the thousand-year period on earth where God's Spirit's going to reign and there's going to be peace on earth. So we have Tabernacles in its initial historical context with the children of Israel. We're going to read about that right now. We find that Jesus celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles in John 7, that He went into the temple, He celebrated it there, and then He talked about during the Feast of Tabernacles that He that receives Him, there'll be rivers of living water that will flow from His innermost being. He's the fulfillment of it in John 7. And then we read there's a future fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles in the book of Zechariah, where Zechariah tells us through the Spirit of Elohim, through the Spirit of God, that at, at the uh, time where, again, Yeshua will reign on earth as king, all God's people around the world that know their creator will come to Israel, will come to Jerusalem to worship the king during the Feast of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. With that introduction, I'm going to pick up now, as I indicated, on the 39th verse. On exactly the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the crops of the field, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord for seven days with a rest on the first day and a rest on the eighth day. Now on the first day you shall take for yourselves the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches, and booze of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Verse number 40 describes what we call the lulav. The lulav is uh, 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 we, we take the bounty that we just read about in the 40th verse, the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches, views of leafy trees and willows, along with a citron or an etrog, and we put these species together, these four species, and we wave it before the Lord. It's called the lulav. And this is symbolic of the beauty and the provision of God. And we wave the lulav up and down in all four directions. And what we're doing when we wave the lulav, beloved one, is we're indicating that all the goodness in our life, all the beauty and the bounty has come to us as a gift from our Creator. We're saying, thank you, God. I recognize that every good thing in my life, every beautiful thing in my life has come from you. Again, this is the feast of thanksgiving. In fact, the Lord specifically told us here that we're to celebrate during this feast time. He said it in the 39th verse, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord. And then he said it again later on in the text here. In fact, we find in the Torah that God actually brought a judgment on Israel for not being thankful and rejoicing before him. Did you ever think about the fact that to not be thankful to the Lord for all the good things that He's brought into your life is a very serious sin? And if we're not thankful, and if we don't have gratitude, and if we don't show the Lord appreciation for all His goodness, for all the good gifts that He's brought us into our life, if we don't do that, He may not only take those good things away from us, but he may even bring situations upon us that cause tremendous pain to teach us how to depend on him and be thankful. If you get nothing but that out of this message, beloved, that's a mouthful. Listen again, the 39th verse, the Lord said here, on exactly the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the crops of the field, listen now, you shall celebrate. 
And then in the next verse, verse 40, the Lord tells us to gather the beautiful foliage and the beautiful trees and, and the etrog, the, the beautiful citra. Uh, it's like a citrus fruit. It looks like a lemon. And wave it before the Lord, symbolically thanking God for all his beauty and goodness in your life. Again, the Lord is telling us, celebrate before me. Be thankful to me. And the Lord says it again later in the text here. Celebrate before me. And as I indicated, Israel was actually judged for not being thankful. What about your health right now? Are you relatively healthy? Open your mouth and give God thanks. Because the moment your health would be removed, you'd be in tremendous pain and you would realize what a gift your health is. Maybe you're struggling right now physically. I know that people go through seasons of illnesses and so forth. But other things in your life that you're thankful for, maybe your children, your grandchildren, your husband, your wife, that you've got a roof over your head, that God loves you, that you're alive. You know, many times people say to me, how are you doing? And sometimes I'll answer them, beloved church, better than I deserve. Isn't that true about all of us? Aren't we all doing better than we deserve? You see, the truth is, we don't even deserve to be alive. Our very life is a gift to us. Our life is a gift. God didn't have to will us into existence. We didn't will ourselves into existence. We're here because God brought us into existence. It's a gift. Even if you're going through pain right now, even if you're suffering right now, there's still an opportunity for you every day to choose God to choose to have faith, to choose to overcome, to choose to put him first. And even if you're struggling right now, know this, that sorrow may come for a day, but joy comes in the morning. Think about the apostles. One was boiled in oil. Another was hanged upside down. They were martyred. They were put to death. Their life wasn't easy, but they kept their faith in God, they gave thanks, and they were rewarded with exceeding greatness. I want to encourage you today, regardless of what you're going through, God loves you, be thankful. The Lord continues here in the 42nd verse. You shall live in booze for seven days. The native born in Israel shall live in booze. These booze are called, in plural, Sukkot. An individual booth is called a sukkah. They're made of like leafy branches and, 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 and outdoor materials, natural materials. And the purpose is that the children of Israel live in these temporary structures outside during the Feast of Sukkot. And it reminds them that when they were in the wilderness, they had nothing but God. They didn't have any fixed structures. They didn't have homes made with bricks. They didn't have insurance policies. They didn't have jobs for 40 hours a week. They had nothing but God. And yet God provided for them for 40 years. And so the children of Israel are commanded to go back and live in these structures every year to be reminded of the fact that all we really need is God. Beloved, if you put God first in your life, everything else will be added to you. That is a liberating concept to realize that even if we lost everything, we'd still have enough. We'd still be okay because God is with us. He's all we need and he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory through Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. The Feast of Tabernacles, beloved, it's a feast of rejoicing. It's a feast of thanksgiving. And it's a feast to remember that all we really need in this world is God 
and he'll always be enough. Jesus said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. I want to encourage you right now. If you're healthy, get down on your knees and just begin to thank your creator. Just begin to thank God for giving you life and an opportunity in this world to love him and the promise of heaven afterwards. This is Rabbi Schneider saying, God loves you, God bless you, and shalom. This is a special opportunity for you to prophetically take part in celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Let me explain. The Feast of Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, is also referred to as the Feast of Ingathering. Israel would go into their fields and they'd bring back to the Lord a tremendous harvest and then celebrate before Him. Jesus used this same type of language for you and I. He told us, go into the world and bring me a harvest, for the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. What he's doing is mandating us, beloved, to go into the world, share the gospel, and bring him back a harvest, the harvest being those that have received the good news. When you sow your financial gift to the Lord through discovering the Jewish Jesus during this holy special season, you're going to be playing a part, truly beloved one, in reaching people for King Jesus and the harvest that this ministry is bringing to him, you're going to be able to have a part in be rewarded for and celebrate before him on the final day when you see all the souls that have been won to the Lord through this ministry. Bring your special offering to the Lord and you'll be blessed and celebrate with them in the end times. Here's how you can partner with us. Send your special Fall Holy Days offering to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan 49228. Donate online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com Call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. He is everything you need. There's nothing else needed. That's our, our journey is to discover the reality that He is everything and we don't need anything else. You know, I remember, honey, there was a time in my life where I was in business and I thought I was dependent on these different referrals from people, et cetera, et cetera. And then I celebrated Sukkot. I celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles and I was sitting in our sukkah on our back deck and I started thinking about, you know, how I was depending on these other people to get referrals for business. And the Spirit of the Lord just spoke to me, just divine intuition. I didn't hear a voice, but I just sensed the Spirit of the Lord speaking to me. And He said to me, you don't need those people. You don't need to rely on them for their referrals. Mm. Just rely on me. Yes. And it was so liberating. And I came out of mm. celebrating Sukkot that year just feeling peace because I wasn't trying to rely on people that I really couldn't rely on. Right. Right, I right. knew I was relying on God alone, on Hashem yeah, alone. Yeah. And it was just a very liberating experience. Wow, that is so true. There is not one person 
or one thing in this world that will end up holding us up. Everything, every person will fail our expectations. But, you know, recently, Rabbi, the, the Lord has been speaking to me about how God is our parent mm. and he has to reparent us. We've had, some of us have had good parents, but none of us have ever had a perfect parent. Mm -hmm. That parents out of, a, from a parent who has no fear in him and no, uh, he's got no anger, he's got no, uh, nothing but unconditional love mm -hmm. and peace, perfect peace. And this is the parent that he's been speaking to me that walks with me everywhere I go, you know, tabernacling, yeah. that this is the father I have. He's been speaking to me, helping me understand that that's who he is. He's tabernacling as my parent to reparent that I can walk in perfect comfort of knowing all my needs are taken care of Amen. and that he has a plan he's carrying out through my life by his spirit that dwells within me. Amen. You know, the book of Revelation concludes by saying that the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of God. And then it speaks in the last chapters about how now God, listen, is tabernacling among men. Mm. And that's what you're saying. And that's what's so liberating about the Feast of Tabernacles, yeah. to recognize that we have God and that when Amen. we have God, He will supply all our needs yes. according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. It's also a time though, before we close, that we really want to stress strongly to our viewers, thank Hashem, thank Father God, beloved, for what you already have. The Feast of Tabernacles involves trusting Him for the future, but it also involves rejoicing and being thankful for all that He's already done Amen. and is doing in your life today. I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, speak these words over my people and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh Ya'er Yahweh Penavelecha Vichunecha Yisa Yahweh Penavelecha Veasem Lecha Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Messiah, discovering the Jewish Jesus, reaching Israel and the world. Today's episode concludes the series, Fall Holy Days. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen.